Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to the 17th episode of Weight Solutions for Physicians. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Today's episode is an important one. This is a skill that I think is really important to learn if you want to be able to successfully manage your weight over the long term. In today's episode, I'm going to teach you how to experience a craving and fly through it without acting on it and without feeling like you had to really exert a lot of willpower. But before we get to how to manage your cravings, I just wanted to let you know about the personal coaching that I do. So I'm a physician Uh, in Canada, and I have uh, training and experience in obesity medicine. And I offer private one-on-one specialized coaching for physicians who are struggling with their own weight. And so we're mid-April right now. I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, my April spots are all full. So if you go over to my website and click on the, so weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash work dash with dash me or just click on the work with me tab there's a spot where you could book an introductory session so if you're booking an introductory session in the month of april it would be for coaching starting in may and there is a limited number of spots available i still work full-time in my uh, physician job and so if you're interested and if you're thinking about this i just really encourage you to go and book an introductory session so we can get going and you can get a spot before the may ones fill up So again, that's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab and then scroll down and you can just book a time slot that works for you. And we'll just chat over the phone and kind of figure out in what ways I'd be able to help you. And I know some of you are probably feeling a little bit nervous about the idea of reaching out and asking for help with this. A lot of us carry our own baggage about whether we should be able to do this on our own and stuff. And I just encourage you to set that all to the side. And book an introductory session so we have a chance to talk. The sessions are low-key, they're relaxed. It's just a chance for you to tell me what you're struggling with and what areas you feel like you haven't been able to figure out yourself. And then I'm able to let you know which ways that I think I would be able to help you. All right, let's get going with the show after this quick break. And now, quick break to review a disclaimer. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice, and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional, and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. And now back to the episode. All right, and we're back. Let's talk about cravings. So do you have cravings that just feel insurmountable, that you just would feel that it's impossible for you to actually not give in to them on a regular basis? I was totally that way. And I've talked about it on this podcast, but my big thing was Wendy's French fries. And I would have wicked cravings for it. And this stuff that we're going to talk about today is what really made the difference for me to be able to just kind of disconnect that intensity in my mind between feeling stressed and the need to go have Wendy's French fries. And so some of this may sound a little overly simplistic to you and your brain may want to tell you that it's not going to work and 
it's too simple. Uh, but I just really encourage you to set that to the side and just try it. Uh, give yourself kind of a timeline. You're going to try it five times at first and see how it goes. And I think even in that short period of time, you will notice an improvement. You'll notice that the cravings decrease in intensity. They don't feel like such a big deal to deal with. And you feel like you can get to them through to the other side of them without really much sweat. So first, let's talk about definition. So when I talk about cravings, I'm talking about like a strong urge to eat a particular food. Usually cravings aren't like, oh, I'm physically hungry, I need to eat something. Cravings are usually specific, like I want Wendy's French fries, or I want something salty, I want something sweet. And they're coming from a place that's different than physical hunger. And cravings for different people can be triggered by different things. So for some people, it's particular um, situations, like being at a certain spot, a certain person's house, a certain restaurant triggers cravings for certain things. Other times it can be subtle, like it can be you're driving down the road and subconsciously your brain's noticing signs for fast food or billboards about food and triggers a craving. Or you're watching TV and there's advertisements for food that trigger cravings. They also can be triggered by certain emotional states. So when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling tired, when you're feeling upset, or uh, they can also be triggered by certain um, like more holidays or events. And uh, like a perfect example of that for most people would be the holiday season where usually you get cravings for more sweet stuff, more baked stuff than what you would eat in your normal life. So uh, cravings are often related to emotional eating in some form. But when I use the words emotional eating, I'm not talking about like the kind of movie version where you're crying on the couch with a bucket of ice cream. Uh, and I think a lot of people picture emotional eating like that. And so they feel that they don't do emotional eating. But essentially, emotional eating is when you're eating for reasons that you're not physically hunger. And they relate to some emotion. And it can be good. It can be bad. It can be celebration. So many different versions, but just something that's not straightforward physical hunger. I find it really helpful to think of the background of why cravings are there. It's very easy if you're struggling with cravings to attach a lot of failure to them, to attach a lot of meaning that it's something to do with you that you can't get through them without giving in and make them a bad thing. But the reality is our brains don't do stuff to us that is bad on purpose. Everything our brain tries to get us to do has some positive outcome for us. So essentially our brain is trying to do good for us with these cravings. It's trying to give us something. It's just can only think in the short term. So the things the brain is trying to give us are short term good things. That part of our brain doesn't think long term and try to think of long term outcomes. So one of the biggest things is when you get cravings, don't label them as something going wrong with you or with your uh, attempts at weight loss. Label them as normal. Label them as your brain trying to do something nice for you, but it's just a little bit misdirected. It needs a bit more guidance to figure out how to actually do nice things for you. Generally, in terms of food and particularly 
the common foods that people crave, what your brain is often trying to get for you is some form of comfort or some form of dopamine reliefs. So dopamine is a pleasure hormone in our brain. When you eat highly sugary processed foods, you get more dopamine. And that feels good to us and it feels good to our brains. And your brain can attach that that's a good thing. And when things aren't going well, or if it feels you just need a bit of pleasure, it will stimulate cravings for you for that type of food. I think with physicians specifically, a common spot that this would show up would be when you're post-call. So you're post-call from being on call or after a night shift and you're tired, but you're still trying to work and you get all sorts of cravings that you might not get other days of the week. And that's your brain just looking for some dopamine to try and perk you up and make you feel better because it's tired and what it really needs is to go to sleep. But through life and through training, it's attached to food uh, to improving that feeling of tiredness, which is, you know, somewhat legitimate, right? It does when you're feeling tired and you're post-call, it does actually feel nice to eat something junk foodish and you get a little bit of a boost. The problem is the boost is short-lived and comes with the expense of long-term discomfort from carrying excess weight or just feeling generally less well. So here's my short plug for sleep because it is so important, especially when you're trying to work on your weight. But if you do have the option to go to sleep when you're post-call or after a shift, please just go to sleep. It's the best thing for you. But I know we don't all have the option. So here is my five-step process about what to do when you have a craving and how to get through it and get over onto the other side. You can use it anytime you experience a craving or an urge to eat something that you weren't planning on eating. And it can also apply to other urges in your life, like uh, cravings to shop when you don't want to, or to drink alcohol or anything else that you're trying to cut back on. Okay, so step one of how to deal with a craving is accept that it's normal. It is not wrong that it's there. It's normal. It's part of human brains. And you will continue to have cravings. And so don't make it mean anything more than it's just neurobiology. It's a normal part of being human. Step two is to give yourself a little bit of space. So, so often we go from craving to action very quickly without really space to examine what we're thinking and what we're doing. And you need to create just a little bit of space to build some awareness between when you get the craving and when you take the action. I think for this, a great example would be when you're working and at work, they've got like bowls of candy or bowls of chips out and all of a sudden your hand's in it and you're eating it. And it doesn't really seem like you thought about it. It's the craving, the thoughts, and the action have happened so close together, it feels like just the action happens. So what you want to do to create space is when you feel a craving and you notice that you're wanting something, I find it helpful to label it as that, to say in my head, oh, hey, there's a craving for that food. I'm just going to sit here for a little bit and not act right away. The next step is to just feel the craving. Don't resist it. So the difference between feeling a craving and resisting it is feeling it means we've accepted that it's there already. We know it's going to be there and we're just going to let it sit in our bodies and kind of see 
how it feels, pay attention to where you feel it, how it feels, how long it's going to last without actually acting on it. Resisting it is what a lot of us do when we have cravings that we don't want to follow through on is we try not to think about them. We try to get rid of them. We try to push them out of our mind. We try to distract ourselves by doing something else. But often when you do that, what happens is a craving actually gets stronger. It feels harder to resist. It keeps kind of pushing back at you. And eventually your willpower that you're using to resist it runs out and you end up acting on the craving or you act on the craving to just get some peace and get it to go away. But the magic of this is if you just let the craving be there and say, it's okay that you're here, come on in, I'm going to experience you, I'm going to feel this and see how it feels. It's actually fairly mild compared to how you think it's going to feel. So if you've had cravings that you've struggled with and felt out of control with and you've been acting on for years and years, those are really well-paved neural pathways in your brain. And it feels very urgent and it feels like to not act on it would be extremely uncomfortable. But when you do this and you just accept that it's okay that the craving's there, that you're not going to try and change it, you're not going to try and get rid of it, you're just going to let it be there and pay attention to how it feels in your body, they really don't last very long. Like, you know, maybe minutes. And they don't actually hurt you. It may feel a bit uncomfortable, especially the first couple times you do this, but it doesn't cause you harm. And the important piece of this is when you're sitting there feeling this craving, you need to have the thought in your head that you are going to feel it, you're going to let it go through you, let it be there, and you are not going to act on it. No matter how intense it were to feel, you make the decision ahead of time, I'm not going to act on it, I'm just going to feel this one through. Step four is as the cravings fades away, take a moment to congratulate yourself on what you did. You can mark it down or keep record of it in some way to kind of show yourself how often you're doing this and then move on and have enjoy that sense of accomplishment of doing something that may have previously felt to be very difficult to do. And then remind yourself that the next time one of those comes up, you're going to do the same thing again. You're going to just let it be there, accept that it's there. Don't try and change it. Sit with the craving, feel it. And each time you do that, you get the craving, but you don't act on it and give your brain the reward. Those neural pathways are going to start to become less used. They're not going to be quite as intense. They're not going to happen quite as quickly. And that's when it starts to be easier and easier to not act on the craving. Step five, and the final step, is to know that if there are times that you do end up acting on the craving, that for whatever reason you're not able to just let it be there, work through it, I think it's really important to be careful about what you make that mean. So, if you're trying to do this stuff and you say, Siobhan tells me I should just act or let this be here and not act on it. And dang it, I acted on one and I ate it. Don't think of that as a failure. That won't help you at all. Instead, look at it as an opportunity. So anytime when we're trying to lose weight, anytime things don't go in the direction that we wanted them to, when things go awry, 
Those are all rich opportunities to learn stuff about yourself. And it's this sort of stuff that when you learn it about yourself, you become better prepared to face more situations and be more successful. So if you have a time where you try to work through a craving, but you end up acting on it, I would suggest stopping afterwards, don't beat yourself up, look at yourself with compassion and curiosity, and write down some stuff. What was going on? What happened this time that made it difficult for me to uh, just allow this craving or urge to be there? What could I do differently next time? Could I think in a different way about this the next time the situation comes up that would let me be more successful? And then make a plan for what you're going to do next time. Reiterate to yourself that, okay, this happened this time, that's fine. The next time I'm faced with this food or this craving, this is what I'm going to do instead. And you just keep practicing it. All of this stuff, you just have to keep practicing it. The more you practice the neural pathways that lead to you not eating the food that you didn't plan on, the stronger those are going to get. The less you practice the ones that lead to you eating the food that you didn't plan on, the weaker those neural pathways are going to get. And so you just want to keep working on building the pathways you want in your brain and letting the ones that are there that aren't really serving you kind of grow over and be less easy to access. All right, I would love to hear how you're using this and how you apply it. Send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Let me know how it goes or if you have questions. Sometimes that whole distinction between resisting something and just letting it be there uh, is a bit hard to understand at first. Send me an email and I'd be happy to answer your questions. Speaking of email, if you're not on my email list yet, I suggest that you go over to the webpage weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. On the main page, there's at the bottom, there's a link to join my email list. That way you get the content that I put out as soon as I put it out. Uh, if we put out bonus episodes, you hear about those as well. And you get some additional content that's not available on the podcast. If you are enjoying this podcast, please remember to subscribe to it on whatever platform you listen to. And please consider leaving me a review. Uh, The more reviews a podcast gets, it just helps it be able to be found more easily by people who might be helped by it. All right, guys, have a fantastic week. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. 